0: Today, Lord, we are grateful to you for your wonderful goodness and your word. We pray that as we delve into this new series, that you will bless us and be with us and lead us and guide us. We pray again for those requests that have been spoken about today. We live in a real world with real issues and problems. Lord, we thank you that we have a great sovereign God who oversees everything, understands everything, We are the apple of your eye, you said, and so we thank you that we can put everything in your care and leave it there. We pray today that as we hear the word of God, would you bless us be with us? Would you lead us and guide us? Again, we pray for those who have lost loved ones recently. Bear the family up and the relatives during the times of anniversaries and remembering the legacy that's been left. Even when there's been pain, we pray. God, that you will bring comfort. Thank you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you're writing down the notes, I'll be in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Then I will be reading a portion in the book of Acts. And I may also have other readings, but Sister Michelle will have this passage. If you saw the sign coming up, the the sermon title for this message is, Your task is to combat falsehood. Your task is to combat falsehood. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is how it reads out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, or rather of Christ Jesus, by command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith. Grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations, rather than the stewardship from God, that is, by faith. Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. You will see right above those some of the names of those that are listed in Acts 13, verse 1. The Holy Spirit said, set apart from me Barnabas And Saul, also known as Paul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Thank you, Sister Michelle. Your task is to combat falsehood. Since the fall of man, since sin has entered into this world, falsehood became a force against that which is true. The moment sin entered the world, people went to lying. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Nobody wanted to take responsibility for the fact that disobedience to God's word happened. Lying is a part of what many People have done, almost everybody, everybody's lied at one time or another. Oh yes, even you. (laughs) Today is as in the days that Paul wrote to Timothy, we have a call and a mandate to teach and promote that which is true. You don't have a mandate to be popular. You don't have a mandate to be politically correct. There is a mandate upon the church to preach and to teach and to say that which is true and comes into direct conflict with the world. You don't have to be ugly about it, but you got to speak the truth. Within the church, steps often have to be taken to correct erroneous beliefs as people are often guided by what they feel and therefore base their decisions on emotions without consulting the word of God. We live a life today based on feelings. I don't feel like going today. I don't feel like doing that. And then we set our life course based on what we feel rather than what God's Word says. A lot of people run into problems living their life based on feelings. Feelings can be fickle. They lie to you. They don't always tell you what you what things are right. You might go to you go to bed a Christian. You don't wake up a sinner. Don't feel like a Christian today. If you are a believer, you're a believer. Lord, forgive me that dream. I had a bad dream. I'm a sinner now. You had a bad dream. Basing your decision on the dream you had. If you're going to be a church and have leaders in right fellowship with God, then there must be the push to speak truth and combat that which is false. When you face a serious fight, of truth and falsehood, it can be very intimidating. Timothy, as a leader, has to be urged to take the role that is needed to deal with falsehood that was in the church in Ephesus where he was told to stay. Point number one a God giving, a God given calling, a God given calling. When you look at the book of Acts, you will find there the Acts of the Apostles. The Apostles were those that had been separated by God, called by Jesus Christ, and the Apostles, often known as disciples. And as I told you, all of the Apostles were disciples, but not all of the disciples were Apostles. Apostles comes from the Greek word apostolos. It means that one who is sent, one that has been given the the word to go on behalf of someone and to preach or to tell and to give a message. An apostle does not go in his own word, nor does he go in his own name. He represents someone else. It was after the Lord had prayed all night long, That he came down the mountain and he picked out of the larger group of disciples 12 individuals that would be his inner circle and called them apostles. Those apostles became the pillars of the church except one Judas who was there who would later, as we know, betray him. Do you not know many kids don't, people don't call their kids Judas today? Why is that? I don't hear a lot of kids named Judas. I hear Paul, Timothy, even though Timothy was a disciple, you know. I don't even hear Barnabas. I mean, Barnabas you might hear on occasion. Simon, Simeon, no Judas. I don't even hear people calling people Jezebel. How come parents don't name their kids Jezebel? Oh, they'll say you acting like a Jezebel or a Ahab. Names mean something. When the disciples were called by Christ, it was after prayer. Paul was not in that original group. But when you begin reading around chapter 7, you'll see that there's an encounter that he has with a person by the name of Stephen. Stephen preaches. And then in chapter 9 of Acts, talks about Saul. Now, Now, many of the Jewish people had two names. Saul was his Jewish name, and Paul was the Greek name. After Acts 13 or 16, somewhere around there, you shortly after that, you don't oftentimes hear the name Saul, but you hear him known as the name Paul because he ministered to those that were Gentiles. But in Acts chapter 13, the verses that we read, 2 and 3, you will see that the Lord says, I want you to separate unto me, Paul, or Saul, and Barnabas. Barnabas was an encourager. It was Barnabas who went to get Saul in Tarsus where he was and to bring him to the disciples. You see, Saul used to be a persecutor of the church. He was out killing the saints, killing the church. When Stephen was was martyred, the church had to flee because there became a, a, a persecution against the church, and it was headed by Saul. And it was while he was on, his ro- on the road to Damascus that the Lord shined a bright light, his light. And it was described as brighter than the sun at noon. Can you imagine the sun in its fullness, and there's a light brighter than the sun? Knocked him off his beast, blinded him. Saul, why are you persecuting me? And it was that call that began the life of Saul when he went on to Damascus and he was prayed for by one of the prophets. Then as I said in Acts 13, it was the Lord who says, now I want you leaders, I want you to separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. I have called them to be missionaries, and to be my workers, and I want you to pray for them. So the church fasted and prayed, and they laid their hands on Saul and Barnabas. And I need you to get this. The church did not sanction them, nor call them. Their calling came from, it came from God himself. They were commissioned by God, but they were released by the church. Get me. The church prayed for them based on the calling that God said set them apart, prayed for them, and then released them to do the work. It was this call that Paul could then say, I've seen the risen Lord on the road to Damascus. I've seen him, and I qualify as now the apostle that was replacing Judas. It is this call, this Paul, who in 1 Timothy says... Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Why? Because a call came back in the book of Acts. And oftentimes he says, by the will of God. But he doesn't say that in 1 Timothy 1. He says, by the command of God. Now that's unusual for Paul. He uses this authority because he has to deal with, deal with a couple of things. He's got to deal with the timidity of Timothy, and he has to make sure that he knows, and those that may be saying something, that he is a representative of the, God, of the God Almighty, and his calling is from God. He's been commissioned by God, so if anybody has a problem with his role, his authority, his ability, they've got to talk to God, because it was God who says, I want you to set him apart unto me. You've got to be careful when you begin to speak against God's anointed people. But to keep your mouth off certain people. The Lord has a way of dealing with individuals. Go home. And go ahead and have some chicken if you want and, and chew up the pastor and spit them out. <laughs> go and talk about the other, the deacon over there and, and sister that. And before you know, things might start happening. You've got to be careful what you say. The Lord has given a way to handle conflict. You've got to argue against your brother. Go to them. There was something you said that I just disagree with. There's nothing wrong with being able to make things right. The early church had problems. And even in this place here, Paul is saying, we've got problems. And Timothy, you got to deal with it. A God-given calling. So we have Paul and Barnabas that were called. Now we got Paul. And as his role has gone on, he's been on missionary journeys. He has Timothy that's joined him. He has to give him instructions. You need to understand where your calling comes from. I told you, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble talking about... I feel, and I'm going to do this. Well, what does God say? Well, he'll catch you up after a while. <laughs> Be careful, thinking that God's going to catch up with you. In the letters that Paul would write, in the what we call the epistles, which are the letters of Paul, as I mentioned, he often says that at the will of God. But here he says it's at the command of God. There have been thoughts about why he uses this But the focus is that he can use this forceful word as his authority is not for man. He must urge Timothy to take the stand because Paul knows Timothy's demeanor. When you know someone, there are times that you can speak to them in a way that another person cannot. You see, there are some things that my wife can say to me that, I wouldn't necessarily take from another person if they don't know me. And there's some things where she can say to me that it hurts more because it's like it's true because she knows me and I prefer that she doesn't say she doesn't she doesn't, shouldn't say that. We were walking last night, and within about a mile of the walking, we were talking about something and disagreed, and I went, la, 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 I can't hear you. And we both started laughing. <laughs> I was joking, but... You know, we do that when we don't want to hear something. I can't hear you. There are times when we have to hear things that we don't want to hear. And, and, and I need to say this it really makes no difference who the person may be. That if the word is commissioned by God and comes from God, you have a responsibility to hear it. Balaam heard a donkey, that donkey helped save Balaam's life. It's in the Bible. Y'all can look at me funny if y'all want to. It's in the Bible. Who preaching today? Oh no, I'm gonna take a vacation. <laughs> if the word of God is being preached, you need to be there. Paul's beginning is forceful. Because he has a calling. And then verse number two, Timothy was Paul's son in the faith. You will note that it was in Acts. If you want to write this down, you can read it later. Acts chapter 16. Even the first two verses talks about Timothy. Timothy had a had a A tremendous beginning. He had a grandmother and a mother that loved God. And must have taught him the scriptures because his father was Greek or Gentile. And there's no recording in the Bible that his father ever came to the Lord. It was when Paul was on, I believe, his second missionary journey. Where he came to Lystra. And it was in this place that some of the believers pointed out this individual by the name of Timothy. And says, hey, there's this young man named Timothy. And when you look further in, in Timothy, when we'll get to down the road, I believe Second Timothy, you will find that Paul even calls upon them or says to Timothy, man, your beginning came from your grandmother and your mother. You had a tremendous beginning. The word of God was placed on you, and not only was it placed in you, rather, the laying of, the, of hands was placed on you and commissioned you to go. So in Acts, we find that Timothy joined Paul and Silas on their journeys, and it was Timothy who joined them on the second, third, and part of the fourth missionary journey. And it is to this Timothy that Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, I need you to stay in town and take care of some problems that's in the church. There are people that's teaching falsehood and lies in the church. And I need you to stay there and teach them to clean it up and not to teach. What are people saying about you? Are people pointing you out and saying, what a wonderful help that person would be to the ministry? Whatever people are saying, does it match what God is saying about you? You see, there's a lot of times people may say a whole lot of stuff about you, but does it match what God says? You know, I, I, I mentioned before when we were growing up, kids would call other kids names. It hasn't changed today. You can call names, and you can throw, you can do everything, but don't you say your mama. Those were fighting words. Not your daddy, your mama. Don't get off the list. People would go crazy. They would that the fight is on. I tell you. There was many battles under that tunnel. Come in, Marin City. I'll meet you under the tunnel. Bravest one. <laughs> Don't you trust me. And then back in the day, you could fight, and then you could be best friends. What happened to fair fighting? You used to fight and then make up. Today you look at a person wrong, they're ready to shoot you. You go to the wrong side of town, they're ready to shoot you. I am so glad that God is in control of this world, because I tell you, if this world was not in His hands, where in the world would we be? It's crazy now, but it's all because of sin. Point two, let me hurry up. Stay where you are, prohibit wrong teaching, and promote right teaching. Stay where you are, Teaching and promote right teaching. That's basically the instructions that Paul is giving Timothy. It is believed that Paul wrote the epistle, uh, the letter to Timothy. He, he wrote it when he was in Macedonia. Paul had to go to Macedonia and says, Timothy, stay there in Ephesus. We call Timothy, first and Second Timothy, and we call Titus what's, we call them the pastoral letters. The pastoral letters, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus are the pastoral letters. While the letters are directed towards Timothy, and it is a personal letter, it is a letter that was to be read to the church. It was for the church. It was for him to help carry out. He sets deacons in place. He sets ministers in place. He sets order in place. He gives the responsibilities of who can be a leader, who cannot be a leader, what worship should be like. These are the instructions that's given. Because of the command to Timothy that he needed to stay there, I have to imagine that because of Timothy's timidity, his fear, Paul has to take a strong command and says, Timothy, stay there and carry out the task. You've had hands placed on you. Remember what's been done. Remember who you are. Remember where you come from. Because what's ahead of you right now, while it may be frightening, you need to be there because I've given you the authority to set things in order by standing. Don't you let people look down on you because of your age and your youth? You give them the word of God and you prevent some things from happening. It is believed that that Those that were teaching at this time were the Jewish faith. It was not full Gnosticism because that had not yet come into place. These were the seeds of what was to come later. Uh, But Timothy is having to possibly combat some of the traditions of the Jewish nation that was imposing certain things, maybe from oral traditions. It's not known. The, The Bible doesn't go into great detail about what all the issues were. We'll look at some of them at a later time as we go through the series. But it's not a lot said about what are the issues they were facing. But we do know some of them. It was in the passage in Acts chapter 19 where you find that Paul had an encounter with Ephesus. Paul was saying that the god Artemis was no god at all. It was a false god. And that the true god was to be worshipped. And not only did Paul say it, he backed it up by what he did. The Lord gave him... The ability to perform miracles. And there was a person by the name of Demetrius in Acts who got all the people riled up and said, We don't like what's happening. This brother is not good for our economy. He is messing with our business. And the moment you start messing with people's money, you know you got a problem. And it was in Ephesus, it was a wonder, one of the wonders of the world, that Paul had to deal with some very major issues. Read it in chapter 19 of Acts, getting around verse 21, you'll see. And, and so now Paul has to command Timothy, stay there and clean it up. Paul knew Timothy. He can give him instructions. He could say certain things that nobody else could say because Timothy was like a son to him. And you're not, you've got to think about it. Here's this young man, Timothy, who's going to have to address and confront Those that are dealing with falsehood. Today, if you say the wrong thing on the outside, you will be ostracized. If you take a stand for that which is right, not only will the world boo you, they'll try to excommunicate you from the world. But I want you to know something. The Lord has always favored righteousness and truth. Rarely do you find the Lord working with the majority, but he works often with the remnant, a group that will dedicate themselves to the Lord. Those few that will say, I'm going to take a stand no matter what it's like. When Daniel and those, those Hebrew boys uh, took a stand and said, King, we're not going to bow. When Daniel said, you can say, do what you want. I'm going to pray to the Lord of heaven. They're saying, we're going to trust the Lord. One of the things you've got to understand is that God won't keep you from going into the fire, but he can keep you in the fire. Some of you are so busy trying to jump out and get, how are you going to get done if you don't get cooked a little bit? You get tried by going through the fire. Go open in the stove, cooking some cornbread every five minutes. It's not done yet. No, it's not done. Leave it alone. Some of us trying to go through things and jumping out of our problem every time. 20 years down the, down the road, you still got a pacifier in your mouth. Why? Because we haven't been through anything. haven't grown. Never thought I'd see kids wearing pajamas to school. Got a bottle in their mouth. These are fads that things go through. I told you that I, went, I think I went going to in and out with my pajamas on, but I wasn't going to get out the car. I got left out late, late at night. Forgot to drink a lot of water that day. <laughs> forget, forget in and out. I went back home. Could, <laughs> trying to go to another place? Oh, There's some people out there. Is that pastor small? <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> Took that trip, went on back home and made something right at my own house. The taste I have for the hamburger, gone. <laughs> now where was I? Let me finish up here. <laughs> Timothy's job was to promote the stewardship of God's grace, the stewardship of God's grace. As a steward, you have something that belongs to another, and it has been put into your charge. Do you not know that you are not the owner of everything or anything, but God is, but he gives you the responsibility of managing that. And one day he's going to call it back to account, what have you done With what I've given you. Stop looking at what you don't have and use what you do have. The Lord is more interested in what you have and how you manage what you have. I am so grateful for the saints of old when I consider and look at the fact of all that they've done. They could take so little, and I tell you, take this over the hill to aunt so-and-so. Take that down the road to such-and-such. And And lo and behold, the whole community has a part of that land, that cow, whatever it might be. They took what they had and didn't have a whole lot, but they shared. What we have, we have the Word of God. And we are commanded to take the Word of God and to share. Remember, it's not your responsibility. To make the change, the Holy Spirit does that. You've got a responsibility to share it. And Paul tells Timothy, "Stay where you are, stop what's happening, and you teach what's what's right. Let the Lord do the convicting." We, you see, what we want to do. We want to teach. We want to bring the conviction as well, and then we want to see God. What are you going to do? I'm going to sit here right here and wait and watch. Just go on and do your business. Do what the Lord says, and let the Lord worry about the details. That's so important that we get this. We've got a responsibility to speak truth rather than falsehood. We've got to promote truth. Let's deal with falsehood. Please bow your head with me. Today, God, in this place, we pray that lives will be changed from this day forward. Whatever people may be dealing with right now, whatever challenges they have, we pray that they will give now a different look at it. And began to say, Lord, what is it that you are wanting me to do? It may be scary, I may be afraid, but God, I pray that you will give me courage. Whatever people right now are dealing with, we pray that, God, you will help. Then for those that don't know, you have never said yes to the will of God. Lord, may people say, God, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as Lord. Welcome you into my life to do what you want to do. Thank you for, Lord, not making that process complicated. It cost you everything, given your life. And yet, all we have to do is say, Lord, I accept what you've done, and I'll live by it. The gift of salvation. As we go through this series, Lord, would you help us to be able to get an understanding? Help us to be able to stand firm and to be a remnant of people that will speak the truth, even when everyone else may be teaching falsehood. May we take the word of God and allow it to change us from the inside out. We praise you and worship you. We glory in you in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you.